Richardson. He shall go bumper again. Unbelievable. Two in two minutes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us here on Win the Ball, your one stop for all things Manchester United. It is a cold, cold Thanksgiving morning here in Atlanta, Georgia. I appreciate everybody for listening. Listen, we got lots to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it. Well, it looks like, finally, the board has come to their senses. They have sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after a embarrassing outing against Watford last weekend. Showed up in, uh, in London at Vicarage Road. Took a nasty 4-1 defeat. I don't think anyone showed up to play that day. We can we can highlight Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire, who pretty much gave Ole the sack. I mean, call it how you see it. They haven't showed up to play since the end of the Euros. I've documented that a few times here on the show, but the Watford game, it just, it was never more obvious that the two shouldn't have been out there. You know, the, the game ends sloppy 4-1. And, and, and what's funny is, the funny part, the irony in this is, the last person to score a goal under the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer regime was none other than Donny van de Beek. The lad who couldn't get off the bench, couldn't get minutes to save his life, comes off the bench against Watford, absolutely shines, scores a beautiful goal with the assist from Ronnie. And you know, it, after, after three years, after three years of being at the wheel, it looks like Ole's time has come to an end. Just couldn't steer us in the right direction. You know, he's, again, club legend, 1999 Champions League would not have happened if not for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But let, let's, let's be honest. He was cheap. He was a yes man. And the board had no problem running all over him. You know, they nearly tarnished a legacy. Tarnished a legend's legacy by letting him stay on that long. Clearly in over his head. Seems to me that he lost to players a long time ago. They won't say it. You know, they won't say it because they got pride. They will not say it, but they, he lost the locker room. And it was it was the right decision. Too little, too late. In my, but, you know, we got lots and lots and lots. It, one thing about Manchester United is, is it's not only during the transfer window is every top 10 player in the world going to be linked, but now it looks like Every coach is now going to be linked to United. You know, we got to thank Ole for sure. You know, earned a couple semifinal spots. Almost, almost brought home another Europa League championship. Just wasn't meant to be. Unconditional love for you, Ole. Thank you forever. Um, like, uh, I agree with Gary Neville. He, you know, last, last couple months were a little rough, but you no doubt brought some life back to the squad. And we will never, ever forget you for that. But uh, yeah, you guys are listening to Win the Ball. My name is Drew Dickinson, and we are broadcasting from Studio 18 here in the cold Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get into some some rumors, shall we? Like I said, United is should be called Rumor FC. You know, we were we were recently branded uh, Friends FC, which I just love, and now we. Um, Right back to the rumors, FC. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches in position now who are who are highly touted by United. One being Zinedine Zidane. Unfortunately for us United fans, him nor his family are keen on even living in Manchester. And I, I, maybe I've noted it before, maybe not. But Zidane, it, it's clearly obvious he wants the France job. He is waiting out to manage France and bring them bring them another World Cup championship. Deschamps isn't a bad manager, not at all. But it, he's. I feel like the time is winding down for him after an unsuccessful Euro 2020. You know, the French, they're, they're going to want dominance. And I think Zidane can bring them that. I really do. I would love for him to be at United. 
you know, if I if I had to have a choice right now, um, he would be my second choice. And we'll get into that as we go on later in the show. And of course, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, might have been the last episode. Oh, Brendan Rogers, I <laughs> my little birdie was wrong. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm never gonna not listen to my little birdie again. He had liable sources, but it just 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 doesn't seem that it's going to be that way right now. Who knows what's gonna happen at the end of the season? Could be Brendan Rodgers. He could leave Leicester. Who knows? Eric Ten Hag. Now that name right there, you know, that's the name that really, really, really jumps off the page to me. Done amazing things with Ajax. Coached Donny. Amazing with the youth. Knows what he's doing. Knows how to run a squad. I, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be easy to pry him loose from Ajax. He's, he, he said he's committing to winning trophies there, which I, 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 I totally respect. I, I, I. I couldn't, I can't argue with someone or be upset with someone for wanting to stick it out with the club and be loyal. I, I'm big on loyalty myself. That's one reason why I loved Ole. You know, yes man, w- whether or not he was a yes man or not, he was loyal. And that's something that's really big to me. And then you got Luis, Luis Enrique, who will, you know, we'll keep this short and sweet. I think he said, what is this, April Fool's Day? Now he's he's committed to Spain and he wants to win the World Cup with Spain. And I, I don't blame him. Spanish heritage, get back to it. And here's a big name. Here's the name that's really been jumping off the page the last like 72 hours. Mauricio Pochettino. Apparently he wants United. He's unhappy in France. Uh, mainly do, I think everybody has gotten into a, a, a spat with their sporting director, Leonardo. He has this way about him to where he wants, and look, he's the sporting director. He can, that's It's his prerogative. But you have a lot of coaches now or managers nowadays that have their own egos. They want to run things their own way. They want to have their own formation. They want to have say in transfers. They want to have say in, 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 in what goes on in the locker room. And I think that's not too much to ask for. And if you can have a sporting director and a manager who are on the same page, only good things can come. I, I, I personally feel that this is the way that Edward Ward and Arnold are going to go. They're, I think that they, they see Mauricio Pochettino. I don't think they see him as a successor as to Sir Alex Ferguson. And what I mean by that is I'm not too convinced that they think that they're going to bring Pochettino in here to win trophies and bring back the glory days of Manchester United. My interpretation of this is he's an Argentine Ole. He's going to come in, be a nice guy. You know, maybe he'll speak up a little bit, but I just... And again, what's as far as comparison to Ole, what style of play is he? You know, you watch PSG with that front three of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, and it's it's... It's kind of reminiscent of how United played. Just a lot of individual brilliance. Pardon me. Who knows? Pretty sure that the the release clause for him to get out of his contract is around 10 million pounds. And word on the street is that United are willing to pay that. It's just up to whether or not PSG are willing to let him go. Because massive rumors that after their 2-1 loss in the Champions League yesterday to Manchester City, that PSG is now keen on Zinedine Zidane. Who knows? But I will definitely keep you guys updated when I hear anything on coaching rumors or managerial changes. But listen, I, I want also one last little, little little nugget. Don't be surprised if an, intern, an interim coach comes in here, does good, and the board decides to run with them because it's cheap. And that's mainly what this board is about, saving money. Uh, you know, pathetic, if you ask me. 
This is when the ball, a beautiful cold Thanksgiving morning here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're gonna get right back into it here with the Champions League results from Tuesday. Tell you what, with Harry Maguire getting that red card against Watford, it would have been nice to maybe see if somebody else could have come in and maimed the defense with Vic. But red card in the Premier League and red card in Champions League do not coexist. So Maguire got the start. And it is Michael Carrick's first game as quote-unquote interim manager. I call him Coach Carrick. Personally, I feel that he should have left, along with Brendan McKenna and Phelan, he should have left with Ole. You know, Ole didn't coach the guys. He managed them. The coaches were these inept, the inept three, Michael Carrick, McKenna, and Mike Phelan. You know, got to be optimistic. New coaching staff. Well, not, not a new coaching staff. They just have new titles. So we get into a Champions League game, and, you know, you, you get excited because Donnie came on against Watford, shined. So Donnie should get the start, right? Absolutely, he does. Coach Carrick, new changes. Let's see if you can't put a spark under their asses. Like we talked about before, you know, a, a manager sacking really turns turns the cheek for these players. They somehow it uplifts them and they, they, they feel that they need to impress whoever is at the helm now so they can get more minutes under them. But it doesn't look like Carrick gave that opportunity to anyone because he stuck with McFred, but he did drop Bruno for Donnie, which, you know, we kind of kind of already already saw that one coming. I didn't see the drop for Bruno, to be honest with you. I don't think anybody did, but you know, Bruno's been shit for for a few weeks now, so give him a rest. Let him get into his own head, you know? And I feel like someone like Bruno getting to their getting into their own head is what he needs. Needs a little rest, needs a little thought. You know, unfortunately for Donnie, it um, it didn't it didn't play well out for him. I just he didn't have much opportunity to really do much of anything. Didn't really don't really think he touched the ball that much. And that happens. That happens in the Champions League, you know. That also happens. You can't play great every single game. But I'll tell you who did play great again, and that was Ronnie. Played like a madman. It, it was like he was running all over the field, playing three different positions, center forward, and he would switch out to left wing. And a lot of times I would see him dropping back into the central de defensive midfield to win the ball. And uh, win the ball? What do you think of that, guys? Uh, and it was just it was just, just amazing to watch him. You know, 37 years old and does not give up. Just played his heart out. And I, I want to give another shout out to Alex Tellez who came in. And, you know, when you don't get a lot of minutes, it's very difficult to come in and make an immediate impact. And I'm not going to say he's, oh, he's earning his starting spot over Luke Shaw. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for a lad who has been on the bench most of his tenure here at Manchester United, has come off the bench, come in, and did his job. He made some beautiful corner kicks, some beautiful crosses, and it's really nice to see somebody else getting some playing time for a change. And, you know, halftime 0-0, come back in the second half, make a few changes. Bruno and... Marcus come off the bench and make just such an immediate impact. You know, Ronaldo gets gets the first goal. Really, really nice, nice goal to, to be exact. And me, for me, the man of the match, Jaden Sancho. Jaden has shown up. He he came to he came to fucking play. He was tired of all the criticism, tired of all the nay the naysay. He came in, took everybody on, made some beautiful crosses, and finally, finally stepped over that ledge, scored his first Manchester United goal. And it just so happened to be in a Champions League match. And I couldn't imagine how that must feel. 
you come over from the Bundesliga, you struggle, struggle to make a name for yourself early on. And the last few games, I tell you what, he has earned his stripes. Jaden Sancho, welcome to Manchester United. And you know, I, I love this. I love this because it gives the boys some confidence. So let's see if they can build off this. Ole would Ole would do the same thing. I, I would say we, we would have tough, tough runs and then come in and just have a masterful win, domination, especially on the road against a team like Villarreal. That should really, really, really spark a fire up under everyone. And let's see some changes, boys. Let's see some changes. Let's rotate. Let's bring in some new players, some fresh faces. If Bruno isn't playing well in the 60th minute, take him out just like you did with Donny. Donny wasn't performing. It was time to change. Bruno comes in, makes an immediate impact. Ronnie scores 1-0, which was a really nice goal in its own right. But you, I think we can say that for all of United or all of Ronnie's goals. So um, we'll jump off the Champions League for this week. You know, there's... There's one last thing that I want to talk about, and that's Group F winners. You win Group F with the tie of Atalanta and Young Boys later on in the day on Tuesday. Just so great. Such a great feeling. Group F winners advancing to the last 16 knockout round in Champions League. Oh, come on, United. You're listening to Win the Ball. My name is Drew Dickinson, and we're going to jump right into it to conclude the show for the day. We got a very, very tough test on the weekend at Stanford Bridge. Chelsea, the Blues. We know for a fact that we're going to be without Rafael Varane, no Paul Pogba, and of course with the red card at Watford, no Harry Maguire. And who knows about Luke Shaw? I know he was out with a concussion. That's why Alex Tellez was starting in the Champions League. Who knows? Like I said on the episode, uh, last week's episode, I feel that Luke Shaw still needs some soul searching needs to sit out for, I don't want to say, you know, months and weeks, but I would say at least a few games. If he comes back and the same thing happens, then he has to take his place back on the bench and get his head right. How will Carrick line up? This is the way he should line up, of course, with David De Gea in goal. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Victor Lindelof, Eric Bailly is going to come back into the picture. Uh, he has to. No Varad, no, no Maguire. And Alex Tellez flying down the left. I like to see um, Donny Van de Beek, Fred as the holding midfielder, and Bruno Fernandez as the number 10 with Jaden Sancho, Ronnie, and Marcus Rashford up top. What do I think will happen? I think we'll see Mick Fred, of course, and I think we will see Bruno. I think the lineup against Chelsea is going to be a traditional Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, add Ronaldo and Sancho into the fold, a 4-3-3, Bruno and McFred holding try and defend all day and maybe catch him on the counter. It's going to be tough because Chelsea are a very, very, very good squad, arguably one of the best squads in Europe. I do know that N'Golo Kante is out. We don't know the status of Romelu Lukaku, which could be huge. But again, Chelsea's got a very, very, very good squad under Thomas Tuchel, who, you know, all this PSG talk, it's crazy that he's even he's even in the picture with Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel, Zinedine Zidane, Mauricio Pochettino, why can't United have, you know, three massive managers like that come into the... Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate you joining me today on Win the Ball. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you right back here next week.